This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. No credit card required. Enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. <clears throat> Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <clears throat> How's it going? Oh, super, super duper. Been having some dairy? Oh, you know, I'm... <laughs> Whatever, whatever my uh, diet project was, I've changed it a little bit. Oh, you changing it up a little? Yeah, my new diet plan is to if it if it's really possible to poison oneself with normal food. That's my plan. I think you're in luck. I think you can <sighs> totally poison yourself with normal food. Yeah, that's been my experience. Although there's a there's a there's a problem. There's no control right now, control group because I also there's some kind of raw gas leak into my truck oh god so i'm driving around with all the windows down and i'm and it's like i'm standing at the gas pump in 1974 i know that smell where i'm like whoo i feel a little lightheaded uh so anyway i can't tell whether i'm i'm slowly poisoning myself with gasoline or whether i'm slowly poisoning myself with pizza and yeah. ice cream. Oh, man, I've had those poisons. You know what? Yeah. There's something kind of comforting. I mean, on the one hand, when you're really trying to solve a problem, it's nice to know exactly what your fucking problem is. Mm. I think there's a comfort in not knowing exactly what your problem is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel comfortable right now. But again, I can't tell whether that's that I'm poisoning myself with gas. Well, with I'm just saying, like, if, if you if you had a growing mountain of crack vials on your coffee table, mm -hmm. you know, exhibit A. Right, right, right. I'm right, saying right. there's something comforting about, well, it could be pizza, could be gas. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Could be, uh, I mean, how, how much do you move? Do you move much? Uh, here's another problem. Mm. I'm going to the doctor on Wednesday, and I, I feel like I haven't been to the doctor in 14 years, but in fact, I have been to multiple doctors. <laughs> I've just never been... You just, just don't never, listen to them. <laughs> I just don't listen to them, and I just don't feel like I've ever really. Can, I went to, the first time I went to the doctor after a long, long period. I showed up, and the doctor was like a lot younger than I was. Oh, that happened, and I was not into it. And he was like, "Oh, well, I think you've got this. I think you've got that." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I bet you do." Mm-hmm. I bet you do, med yeah. school. I bet you do, intern. Yeah. And so I didn't want anything to do with him. So I was, I signed up for a new healthcare plan, and I'm talking to, I'm talking to a, a lady on the phone who's like, let me help you find a doctor. And I said, I would appreciate that help very much. And she said, here's a doctor who graduated from medical school in 2007. And I said, no thanks. And she, she laughed and was like, oh, okay. And I said, find the doctor doctor who graduated from medical school the longest time ago mm -hmm. and she found she found some can guy I, can, that, I have a, can i have a smoker <laughs> yeah give me a doctor that's that has a that has one of those little mirrors on his head mirror on his head he's got one of those kind of uh double-breasted doctor gowns yeah he's he's smoking a winston mm -hmm. for his t-zone and he's got me first that's right it's cool's <laughs> And uh, and he's like got a like he's got a cocktail shaker up on the top of the of the <laughs> you know like that was my doctor growing up Doctor Tower he Doctor Tower was a great doctor but uh, 
you know, he's one of those guys that sit down on the sit down on the stool and say, "How's your penis?" <laughs> you know, like a like a good old doctor. <laughs> Talking about not having a control group. <laughs> they take a drag on the cigarette, ash it out the window. He's probably winded. He needs to sit. <laughs> he's gone up a couple flights of stairs. <clears throat> but the the other, I think, the control that I've been trying to, I, I've I've been trying to keep myself. At my current level, and what that has meant is, I've, I've I've realized that a lot of my problems, Merlin, are that I've I've become a sedentary person. It, it, I hate to admit it, but it makes a difference. I'm 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 becoming bed shaped, <laughs> and I, I I don't I don't know where that happened. I was always the, I always walked ten miles a day. That was my, always my jam. Hmm. I was known as the guy that walks around all the time. If you say, you know, you'd be driving somewhere and there'd I, there I'd be walking along with a, with a big sign that says Jesus is coming. And now I sit around like I, I, like I, I wake up, I go downstairs, I sit on the couch, I have a cup of coffee, I get up, I walk over to the other side of the house, I sit down. You know what I mean? I don't get, I don't, I'm not out like Roman and I don't have a regular exercise plan. I've just become this, I've become this pile. It has so much to do. There's so many factors. And I think one of the biggest factors is where you live, where one lives, because, I mean, it's just, it seems so obvious until you, you really think about it. I mean, there are a suburb, I'm not, I mean, you live in a kind of suburb, I guess, yeah. but like a suburb is made to be a place that you drive into and out of. It's yeah. meant to accommodate a little bit of walking from place to place. But, you know, as you've seen in Florida, uh, I'm sure there's lots of places where there are no sidewalks. Mm -hmm. There are no, you would never ride a bike on US 19 unless you're really, really hardcore. Right. So I, I grew up in this era where like you would walk to the driveway, then you would drive to the strip mall. In the case of my mom. You'd drive to the walkway. You'd walk to the driveway, drive to the walkway. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember having to laugh at my mom. You know, she was aging, so this isn't super funny. But like when it's, when it's really crazy hot and you're, you have like knee problems, she would drive to different parts in the strip mall. She would get in her car and drive to a different uh -huh. part. And that's, that's part of the thing is like how much does your life accommodate walking? Well, and, and unfortunately, I do not have sidewalks in my neighborhood. And when I first moved into the neighborhood, I was still in my 10-mile-a-day walking uh, style because I'd been doing that for 15 years. And so I would, you know, I'd walk out the door in the morning. And I'd say, I'm going to explore my neighborhood. I'd walk all around mm -hmm. and... And my neighborhood was built during, I mean, it was initially built as farm country. And then, you know, the, the houses moved in. And then during the war, there was another layer of houses. And then after the war, there was another layer of houses. So now it's just a neighborhood, but no sidewalks. And what I discovered in walking completely exhaustively around my neighborhood is there's no place to return to. Right, you walk along and you're like, "Oh, this is what happens on this street, and these are these people in this street." But you, there's no reason to ever go back. You, there's no, uh, yeah. there's no cafe, there's no store, there's no, like, I'm not a guy that's going to go sit in a park and throw a tennis ball to myself. Yeah. yeah, and and there's nothing about you know you're not it's not an it's not an interesting neighborhood in the sense that once you figure out, once you walk around and you're like, "Oh, okay, here are the farmhouses." And they're all separated at this distance from one another. And then inside of those, there are all these houses that were built during the war 
for workers and they each had a half an acre and then within within that matrix there's all these houses built immediately after the war for young families mm -hmm. and then there are all these houses built in 1980 or 92 but once you see that and you go yeah yeah that's cool you know it's you don't have to go back down that street right. to see it again and so when i realized that the only place to go that was interesting was down to the supermarket you got that one store <laughs> that's weird oh, that's so they, nope. they, have they ever started selling half and half? Oh, they never sell anything. They don't mm -hmm. even sell, you know, the mark of a store is if you don't sell half and half, do you sell balsa wood rubber band powered airplanes? Mm -hmm. This place has neither. They don't Wait, even that used to. That used to be a standard. Oh, my goodness. Remember that? You could just walk in somewhere and get a comic book. You could get, you could get, uh, you get some Bazooka Joe and you can get a balsa wood airplane. And those, the thing is, those don't last. That's a good thing to keep in stock because you're going to need like several of those. I always, the negotiations I had with my dad were, can I get this comic book? Can I get two comic books? Which he would generally shut down. And then at the point of purchase, at the cash register, can I get this balsa wood airplane? Mm -hmm. And about, you know, and balsa wood airplanes at the time were what? 50 cents? 25 cents? You're probably in the 35 cent range for comics yep. at that point. Comics yep. were, it feels like for all of my youth in comics, it was always Marvel comics were always 35 cents. Yeah. And I feel like one of those, uh, you're going to give maybe, maybe 50 cents for one 50, of those planes. 50 cents for a plane. And, um, you know, and depending on his mood, I might get a comic book and a balsa wood airplane. And then I would immediately, you know, we had a, the neighborhood kids had a piece of plywood on a couple of sawhorses that we used as a, as a aircraft carrier for balsa wood airplanes. Oh, nice. So that you wouldn't throw it. You'd actually wind it up and then sit it on its wheels at one end of this piece of plywood and it would run off and fly. And my greatest triumph probably in my life yeah. was one time I set a plane off. It went up in the air, looped around and came back and landed on the same piece of plywood. That's, that's a black swan. You don't see that every day. <laughs> and those things, we, the performance characteristics of those were very uneven. Oh, my God. I mean, 20% so of the time, they would just plummet into the ground and break immediately. Immediately, but, time. like, even if you got, you have to get the, we have to figure out the peculiarities to what angle to make the wing go, what angle to make the tail fin go, and then by the time you figure that out, it was broken. It was broken, right. But I did this, and all the kids, it was one of those things that you, sometimes you see on the internet now where some kid hits a three-point shot from 40 feet away or whatever it is, some amazing skateboard trip, uh, trick, and all of his friends all drop to their knees in, in incredulity. And when I scored this balsa wood, you know, it's, what can you do except flop on the ground yeah. and make the universal sound, which is, oh! Mm -hmm. <clears throat> They're probably still talking about it today. I'm never, I'm never going to reach those heights again. Mm -mm. What, what, could I, what could I do now where everybody would drop to their knees and go, oh? Mm. Think about it. What 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 could you possibly do? Where first of all, where would you ever be where you were there with five friends? Yeah. And then secondly, what maybe you get in a Google chat or something? And just be like just just drop some Google chat science on people? Yeah. Yeah. No. What 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 am I gonna do? I'm not gonna hit a baseball out of a out of a park. You'd have to warm up a lot. I used to be able to do that, hit a baseball hard. I used to be a hitter. I was a hitter. 
Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had the highest average on my team for a while because I didn't play very much. Is that right? playing the numbers. You, you, Mer- Merlin was the star hitter. I batted 760 for a while. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't play very much, and I wasn't good, and I couldn't <laughs> catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm very sympathetic to my daughter's desire to avoid activity, especially team sports. And it drives my wife crazy. Because I should be there. I should be there pulling and saying, hey, you know, it's good. You know, you should do brownies. You should do soccer. You should do all of the things, you know, because character. Yeah. But I'm like, all I think is like, oh, God, just having to go somewhere, wear an outfit and sit in the sun on a bench mm-hmm. and like, and, and then just be envious of everyone. <laughs> envious <laughs> and tired. That's that's my bio. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, and Madeline feels like it is important to build character for a child to be uh, schlepped around and 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 put through childhood ringers. That's a very it's a very good question, and we actually are not so far off on this. What we do realize is that I mean, not to not to beat this into the ground, but I have an ongoing concern about the incursion of institutions into like my child's free time or mm-hmm. my child's child time, really. And even though she's only she's about to finish second grade, but you know if she did her homework really well, like and did did the spelling and did the assignments, did all of that, she would have like half an hour a day to be a kid. Really? Yeah. How do we get <clears throat> How do we get our children out of this? How do we get, uh, let them achieve escape velocity from this madness? Well, I think there's, oh, that's a very good question. I think there are. I think there are probably a couple ways. And I think I think the one that's here's the thing. First of all, I mean, I I I had a feeling this would be true with reading, and it definitely in my my child's case turned out to be true with reading. Which is like, if your child is very interested in something, whether that's a cartoon show or or Minecraft or princesses or whatever, if they're interested, they will learn to read a lot faster. I think this is a kind of pseudo documented thing. Like, Mm -hmm. if your kid is just you know, if you just put, with all respect, I know you love the Dick and Janes. If you put like perfunctory books in front of your kid, it's going to feel like school. But if they're very like incentivized, they will learn to read. So part of it is finding finding a a cart that you can hook that horse to, and it won't mind. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, that's just running around in the park. The other thing is, and this is, again, something Louis C.K. said, I think I've mentioned this here before, something Louis C.K. said a few years ago that when I heard it before I had a kid, I giggled, but now it's true. You know, the, you know, you know the reason you can't have that? You can't have that because you want it. You know why you have to do that? You have to do that because you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So my feeling is, and I'm almost done, my feeling is for stuff like let's go take a walk after dinner. That's a good pseudo-forcing thing. Yeah. Committing to like five years of scouts or whatever like not so much because they you know they should get a chance to have those preferences sometimes but the, and the thing is our kid bounces back so if we force her to go on a walk after dinner which can be a lovely thing to do you know in that the, is a nice, nice thing to do in the nice nice cool you know spring air mm-hmm. she ends up having a good time and then she doesn't want to go back this yeah is, this is just how it works but so i think it's a combination of figuring out you know and i'm not just saying this to be like some stupid liberal parent of our time but i think it's true for any time like you figure out what your kid is interested in and then let them discover it more on their own that's all the incentive they need apart from the things you force them to do which you got to do when you go for a, 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 a after dinner walk with your family do you and your wife hold hands um no sometimes yeah no sometimes it's not it's no it's not a typical thing i don't think you do that till you're old well, I was just, uh, the reason I asked, I was just driving here, and I saw a couple walking along in silence, both with kind of frowny faces, walking along a str- strange strip of 
the road where I seldom see anyone walking, holding hands. They both had frowny faces on. They weren't talking to each other. They were just walking but holding hands. And I was like, hmm, holding hands. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a way of expressing affection for another person. We're just letting the know, world know that you're chained together for eternity. Here we are. Here we are. I can't get this other person off of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, uh, it was, you know, it, it it's was almost like maybe like, like you're both holding the plunger for the explosive device. And you don't want the other person to get it exclusively, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like who's just assume, assume there's a plunger in their hand. <laughs> okay. All Contact. Right. Walking down the street. Oh, I see, I was thinking toilet plunger. Oh, that'd be adorable. Go, wow, that's a real commitment. I don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. Let's do this together. Clork, clork, clork. Yeah, you borrow that, like, at a gas station to go to the bathroom, and you keep it, and that becomes a temple mm-hmm. for your relationship. Oh, right, because it was the key to the bathroom was on mm-hmm. the toilet plunger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like the I feel like the number one problem in my life, and I'm extending this to my life with my child, is that I don't get it early. I don't get up early enough. I keep wanting there to be 28 hour days, and the reason I want there to be 28 hour days is that I want to get up at 11, 10:30, and then I want to have access to an entire day. And I feel like if you got up at if you were one of those parents that took your kid to swim swimming and got up at five in the morning, I don't know how people do it. Where is the time to do all these things? Because when in the, in the afternoons we do one thing as you're saying, and then it's, it's uh, 20 o'clock or something. I know, you know, like it's all, I don't know, over I don't know so how fast. other, I don't know how other people do it. And when I was, when I was young, it seemed like days just stretched into eternity. Right. And now I wake up, I go downstairs, I sit on the couch, I have a cup of coffee, and then, you know, of course, you take a little nap then. Yeah, yeah. And yep. then you get up, you make a peanut butter sandwich, and it's fucking 1130. I, I completely agree. I, so, I completely agree. What are you supposed to do? I mean, and I keep, honestly, I cannot accept, I cannot accept 24-hour days, and I keep feeling, I, I keep rebelling against them in my spirit. And saying, this is outrageous. How can you limit a day to 24 hours? Why is the, is the, is the earth getting closer to the sun? Is that what's happening? It feels like there's definitely some compression going on. Because I feel the same way. And, and part of it is for me, and I don't want to just say it's a matter of getting older. All that, that's certainly a factor. But it takes me more time to get kind of ramped up to where I want to be. And for me to get ramped up to where I want to be, I get about a half hour starting around 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then my sugar rapidly drops. And I'm basically ready to just watch TV and go to sleep. Yeah, and I, if the let me ask this is a question for the physicists uh, in our audience: mm-hmm. If the Earth started spinning faster, would the clocks also start spinning faster? I think this is due part to of, relativity. Well, I think it's probably relativity. It's probably a little bit of science. I think. I think what happens is though. Eve, what if your measuring tools are changing too? You know what I'm saying? Right. Go on. Go on. Well, I'm just saying if the if the Earth is changing oh, right. uh, with, with regards to rotation or or sun placement. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, be, becoming slightly oblong. I don't know all the exact reasons. But the thing is, how would you know? How could you know? Because maybe your tools maybe your tools are getting uh, uh, changed as well. Well, now, this is my question. If clocks started going faster, would we retain our perception of how old or how long days used to be? Right? Would we maintain some kind of autonomy from this? Or would, what, if our days, what if our days are only a millisecond long and we don't know it? Whoa. Right? Yeah, right, right. right. But, 
But so I've been noticing that Orion appears to be lower and lower in the sky all the time. Like it's like it's just slipping a little bit. Oh yeah, like out, I look, out of the out of the firmament. I look up and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not where you are. That's not where you belong. I mean, that's an interesting. That's an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm not an astronomer, but 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 it's interesting to me that like you know, first of all, Orion is the one constellation I can almost always find. This could be an availability heuristic. I'm finding Orion a lot easier than I would like. I think maybe it's had some kind of promotion. Maybe it's got special offers via Amazon. But there's mm-hmm. something where I feel like I'm seeing too much Orion. You feel like it's a promoted tweet, or it's uh, it's something that's been. I don't even know up. how. How would I even know? Bumped up in your timeline. Well, I feel like I would know because I I have marked, I've marked it in my imaginary space place. Mm-hmm. You know, in in my uh, in my terrarium. When I lay back and look up at my terrarium, yeah, there it is. It belongs in a certain place. So I'm afraid that there might be some acceleration happening, and and we are just we're separated from it. Maybe. Maybe it's all the jumping up in the air I do. Mm-hmm. Every time I jump up in the air, the earth, like I'm somehow, I become detached from the earth long enough for me to notice that time is accelerating. Whoa. Huh. I, maybe I should stop jumping up in the air. Maybe I should just submit to what my earth-boundedness. What if you could only become aware of these minute changes in the time that you had self-locomotivated uh, up into the air on your own. What if that was your your single moment of clarity was the amount of time that you could propel yourself into the air? Mm. What if we mm. learned that insight could only come from jumping in the air? And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about gliding. Yeah. I'm not talking about space kites. Yeah. I'm not talking about uh, plane plane parachuting. I'm yeah. saying you've got you've got to do it. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to say trampoline is is cheating. The universe would know. Right. Right. No, you have to you have to actively and independently resist gravity. It's like the Matrix. Because we don't even know what gravity is, bro. Nobody really knows. So maybe gravity is just like an inhibitor. It's an inhibitor. That's oh, it's like it a, it's like a governor on uh, on uh-huh. one of those uh, U-Haul trucks. Yeah, it's a governor. Right? You can't get you can't go faster than fifty five miles an hour unless you jump. Mm. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is like canonical science. Well, I mean, is there really such a thing? Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, if it's canonical, it can't be science. I share that. I share you that. You get more into spirituality at that point, right? Or, or literature. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of spirituality in what we're saying. Absolutely. I, 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 think, I think more, pe- more people need to get with that. I have faith. I, have faith. I seriously do have faith that I'm going to be able to accomplish a 28-hour day one day. Faith gets a bad rap because it gets closely associated with the Jesus. And that's fine for what it is, or the whole idea of God writ large. Trouble is, you can have faith about lots of things that you don't have any evidence for. I guess it could be a kind of magical thinking. I prefer to think of it as spiritual thinking. I had a, <clears throat> I had a question the other day. Let's say I was in the Abu Dhabi airport. Okay. And I wanted to buy a talisman of some kind at an expensive jewelry store. I wanted to buy some commemorative... Uh, a necklace. And let's say I was walking through the Abu Dhabi airport. Like if you're walking through the Vatican City airport. They got an airport? Yeah, it's a little airport. It seems like you'd go to Rome. Well, sure, but if you, you'd go to Rome if you can't afford to fly out of Vatican City. Oh, I see. It's bespoke. 
right? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. if you have to ask, is there an airport in Vatican City? There isn't one. You can't afford it, right? right. Uh, but let's say I'm walking through the Vatican City Airport and I'm and I bought a little, let's say I bought a, a re- religious icon in the shape of a cross, mm-hmm. and let's say I encounter a cardinal. Right, we're waiting for our flight. It's it's Southwest, right? So we're gonna there's gonna is that, be a little. Is that where, bit, you, is that where you line up? There's, yeah, there's gonna be a little tussling, right? We're both in group two, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, Cardinal, miter, 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 Filson bag, miter, miter. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say I'm let's say I've been in Vatican City long enough that I've got a that I've got a crooked staff. <laughs> okay, right, right. but I but I put some jingles on it, so it's a good <laughs> it's a jingle staff, and. But I want this. I want this little uh, cross <clears throat> imbued with some religiosity, imbued, imbued with some magic. Mm. If I turn to the cardinal, I say, "Cardinal, would you bless my little talisman? Because I'm going to give it to some. I'm going to give it to my daughter as a protector against uh, the unknown, the dark arts." Yeah, right. I I don't know, but I think that a cardinal could go. A Domine Spiritu Sanctu mm-hmm. on it, right? And then it would be more magical. Maybe imbued. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, it's, a, it's a not unlike a, what you might call a blessing. And I, I suspect that they have, once you reach the level of cardinals, it's probably like a free buffet. Like, you can, you can imbue or charm or bless right. probably as many things as you want. You could probably even accept a gratuity for it. Sure, right? Let's say I slip him a five and I say, put a little bit of, put a little mojo on this put yeah. a little put let's say you put some english on it yeah right and then i can give this little cross to uh my kid and who knows what it will protect against there's no again no control group mm-hmm. but better to have it than not right better to have a deathbed conversion sure than to then to just go into the unknown and maybe you maybe you die and you're like boo ha ha well it's like pascal said you know i'd piss on a spark plug if i thought it'd do any good Right, pretty small. It's not. I mean, you know, who who's it hurting? Well, so this is what this is what I'm asking. I do not know enough about Islam to know if I'm in the Abu Dhabi airport and I buy some sort of talisman that has a little uh, glyph on it. If I see an imam walking through the airport, which I surely would, mm-hmm. can I walk up to the imam and say, put a little English or a little Arabic on this? little guy right give me some give me some Allah power mm-hmm. or is that not a thing that they do because it seems like they're it seems like islam is is more like not into witchcraft it's kind of like this. almost like getting an autograph from god exactly yeah. right like you're the so you're worried a little bit it sounds like if i hear you you're saying like would it work first of all let's talk in terms of you know efficacy right. can i get an imam to bless my glyph but also it's is it socially acceptable Thank in you. the abu dhabi airport to walk up to to an imam and ask for some kind of a, a uh, like a you know Wingardium Leviosa some kind of a so give me a spell give me a charm here yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 right if he if an imam this is what I don't know about Islam if an imam lays hands on a glyph does it imbue and I bet it's a lot like Harry Potter I I bet I bet we are Muggles right we are we are I know you didn't you read this in the in, when you were in a brig on a ship you you read Harry Potter when you were in uh, ship jail. I feel like I was living in a closet, yeah. And I and oh, you're I in had, the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, and there were four. I was, yeah. I was in a. I was. I was in a. 
<laughs> You're so a, much like Harry Potter. I was no, I was in a bureau. I was in a. Uh, I, I I walked into the uh, into the the bureau. Oh, you go into the wardrobe and you get a fur coat. Yeah, there was some kind of lion in there, and I had nothing to do, nowhere to go to. And there were four or five Harry Potter books in the in this uh, in this wardrobe, and I you know I consumed them. Yeah. So I have enough I have enough knowledge that if somebody if somebody uses the word muggle, I can I can nod knowingly. I can go ah ha 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 yes. Right. If somebody says the Red Wedding, uh-huh. I can go yeah the yeah, Red Wedding sure. yes Hodor, I know Hodor Hodor <laughs> right I get it I get it. Um, I know what you mean, and the thing is that you you want to be careful. It is a lot like the moms. You, with all due respect to the Hogwarts community, you don't want to go head to head with the Harry Potter people. Like, no. there's no. I mean, like things. I'm very late to Harry Potter, so my Harry Potter jokes are already like 15 years old, sure. and I, don't, I just don't know it yet. Sure. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's a lot. Okay, here's what we do know: as you get further into the book, so you get into like you know three, four, five, you get into understanding. Uh, you got the Ministry of Magic. And then part of the job of the Ministry of Magic, you take somebody like Arthur Weasley, his job is to look at stuff that's happening in, with the muggles. We got to keep this copacetic. We need to make sure that they don't find out too much about what the wizarding world is up to. No, you That's a lot like Islam, I think. Mm. I mean, not, not in a bad way, but, but in that, you know, you, you wouldn't walk up to Dumbledore in the Vatican airport and mm. ask, him, ask, ask him to bless your wand. You know what I mean? I, well, I do. I'm the my problem with Harry Potter. I know you just said you said do not go up against the Harry Potter people. It's up to you, buddy. <laughs> what I'm you're saying gonna, you're going to get some owls. <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is Quidditch isn't a real game. Quidditch is. This should just be a quarterly segment on this show. My daughter was explaining how Quidditch is not actually bullshit, but I don't buy her explanation of it. I still <clears> think it's bullshit. If you play shoots and ladders, you know what's going to happen, right? You go down the. You go down the chute if you roll the dice wrong or whatever. I, for, I haven't played chutes and ladders in a long time. Well, like, like, like Candyland, well, actually, we have a way that we play it where we've added, added some, 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 uh, some strategy. To some it. consequences? Oh, no. Oh, I we, thought you we, were going to say consequences. The only way I can, I've been able to bear Candyland since she was about two was to add some strategy to it, which I have done. I see. But it's still largely a game of chance. But I, but I, but I, but I, but I take your meaning exactly. Yeah. And it seems to me that Quidditch is like, sort of like watching the television show Lost. Uh, mm. Where as long as, part- as, long as, as long as you don't care if it makes any sense, you can enjoy it. Yeah, right. It, like that's precisely it. Like it, it uh, everybody's chasing around, chasing around, and really all it is is about catching this little ball. And if you catch, if you little catch ball, the little ball, it's my understanding that if you catch this is where my daughter schooled me. We were walking home the other day, and she told me I was telling her how Quidditch is bullshit, which we always talk about, and she says no, actually it's not. Because yeah. my understanding was as soon as you your seeker catches the snitch, two yeah. things happen: you get 150 points, and the game is over. Right. What she's telling me, and I don't think, again, right, my daughter, not me. But what she says to me is, no, but here's the thing. If the other side has gotten like 250 points, but hasn't gotten the snitch, cotton, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I didn't know you could put up those kinds of numbers, but apparently it's like cricket, right? Like Premier League cricket, like oh, where, 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 where you play for like are, a month. The, yeah, the games are 40 years long. Yeah, yeah. Where apparently in Quidditch, the game can go on so long that you could actually go and train new people who don't know about Quidditch to be replacements by the time the end of the game comes around. Uh-huh. But so side two, let's say, let's say Slytherin is up to, they're up to 250 points, 
right? C- catching the little. Uh, they, no, no, no. They got they they got the bludger and they've been putting legitimate Quidditch points on the Quidditch board. Right. And then fucking Harry Potter comes along. He catches the snitch. Guess what happens? Two things. Number one, boom, hundred and fifty points. Number two, game ends. Trouble is, are you oh, with me on this? Yeah. Okay. The game ends automatically. Whether uh, yeah. as soon as you catch the flying the winged ball. Yeah. Then yep. the game is over whether you want it to be or not. Exactly. So if, if that's true, and I don't really care whether it is because the game's still bullshit, uh, that that makes it interesting and strategic. It becomes a little bit like cricket or one of those terrible games of football where you just try to run down the clock. Right. That's the worst. If you're watching the football and you get in the other team, eh, I don't know if you can do that anymore because of you know timers and stuff, but it used to be you would just do lots of, like, eh, I'm not really <laughs> going to try, and the clock would run down. Yeah, you'd run the Heisman over and over you run, run run a Heisman or a flea flicker? Yeah, you'd do a flea flicker. Absolutely. So I don't know. I don't know what this has to do with Islam, but I imagine there are rules that are hard for any muggle to understand outside the community. Well, I'm never – see, I don't even understand all the rules of Catholicism, but at least within Catholicism – They got books. You can look it up. You, they have – well, I can read the books. I think yeah. they're – but also, you know, there's a lot of signifying that happens with the hats – Right, you look at a you look at a a, a Catholic of a, a priest of some kind, and 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 it's the and the vestments tell the tale, right? The taller the mm. hat, the the uh, the the longer the chat. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the taller the hat, the, the uh, thicker the, the, mm. the thicker the mat. Or the, <laughs> the, <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Squarespace. The simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout. You get 10% off your first purchase. Oh, Squarespace, what do you say? They got easy-to-use tools and templates. They will help you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world, and no one will make that easier for you than Squarespace. Squarespace put all the power you need into your hands and take away the pain points, stuff like worrying about hosting or scaling or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that is professionally designed regardless of skill level. There's no coding required. Their templates are so easy to use. They're so beautiful. Mm, Magnifique. Mm, Making a kissy noise. You'll easily be able to make your website look and feel exactly how you want. This is true. I've done it. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and to ensure security, and stability. They are trusted by millions of people in some of the most respected companies in the world. It is, in fact, where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast, to which you are listening right this moment. We have always been with Squarespace, and we've never looked back. They have been terrific to work with. Their site templates are just stunning to look at, and they all feature responsive design. That means your site is going to look great, regardless of whatever kind of dingus or device you're using. They do all that for you. This is just getting started. Squarespace has tons of awesome features. They have 24 by 7 support with live chat and email. They have the Squarespace commerce platform that allows you to add a store to your Squarespace site. And they have the beautiful, so cool cover page functionality. You can build great looking single page websites. It's all rock solid, fast hosting, so much more. And you know, truth is, if you're a nerd and you want to stretch Squarespace even further, you got to check out their dev platform. This lets you get your hands right under the code to tinker with your Squarespace site the best. And if you sign up for a year, which you should totally do, you get a free domain name. That means you can choose exactly what you call your site. And isn't that something we should all do? We should get to call our site what we want. You know, we're living in a modern age. Crazy part, Squarespace plans start at just $8 per month. So go please today, start a trial with no credit card required. Start building your website today. Go to squarespace.com. 
And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, please make sure to use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN. That is going to get you 10% off your first purchase and shows your support for Roderick on the Line. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, hmm. right. It's, it's, yeah, the thicker yeah. the mat. Thicker the mat. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but, but within Islam, it seems like it, there's a lot, there's more of a sort of humility <sighs> action where the imams oh. are not, as they get bigger, as they get more influential, they don't put gold braid on their shoulder pads. Mm-mm. It's just all like, like, like you know, Jonathan, Jonathan Price on, on Game of Thrones. Like he's, he's like, he's a big gun. No spoilers. He's a big gun in this religious cult, but he still dresses, you know, like, like a hobo. Yeah. That's part of the thing. He's wearing a gunny sack. He's wearing a gunny sack. He's not going to have a gunny sack with epaulets. That would right. actually, that would be a pretty smart look. And if you, if you're, if you're looking at like Orthodox, uh, rabbis, mm-hmm. it, it, the longer the beard, the quicker, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> The, the greater the weird. Longer the beard, the the, the greater the weird? Yeah. Mm. Right? Like, so you can tell the big-time rabbis, for the most part, by the grayness of the beard and the long the, the curly sideburns. If you get a big, long, curly sideburn, that means you've been in the game for a while, assuming you don't have extensions. Mazel tov. Right. Well, you see a lot of young guys with long. I've seen some pace. guys sporting some serious, and they and they and they got the little uh, they got the cyclops uh, uh, packets on on their head. That's got a prayer in it. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, they nail it to the door. They nail oh, it to the to outside let, to of let the door. To let God know that you, they they killed the lamb, so, so don't 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 hurt my kid. Yeah, it gets yeah. a little confusing to me there too. Think about this. Why you, is this day different from all other days? Uh, Mondays, am I right? Yeah. The other thing <laughs> to think about is, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to get us in trouble. I think we're already in trouble. Okay. Think, think about another recently minted pseudo religious movement that started in, let's say, the fifties or sixties <laughs> uh, that came along right. that involves free stress tests and boats. Right. Let's say. Okay. For, for the sake of art, this could be this could be a lot of different modern religious movements. Sure. But sure. what do we what do we know about that? Well, the answer is officially not much, and that's the point. Right. Because you got to move up through your levels. Right? Yeah. 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 Right. Up, right. Right. But when you're, you when you're a one or a two, you're a one or a two, you're basically writing checks. You get to level three and stuff starts to happen. And then you get that level where, where your eyes will blow out if you're not ready to read it. Well, so what happens if you get up to the 33rd level? 33rd level, right. You get the apron. They push you off a cliff. Okay. But you go through the spanking machine. And then you realize that it's UFOs. It's always been UFOs. Yeah, all the way down. Um, and there, but the thing is, if I bump into a thirty-third degree, uh, let's say, for instance, member of this religion that is based on science, sure, am I going to know? Is there going to be something where the where they've got like uh, uh, the, the sides of their hair is white, sort of like uh, Jimmy Two Fish or whatever? Okay, or is it a thing where their eyebrows get really hectic? Oh, or, you're talking about like from the spice. Some, something yeah. happens where there's an accumulation of something, whether that, that, that's hair or, or the spice or wisdom mm-hmm. or, or, or various UFO powers, but something that would show you that this person's, they've been in the shit. Yeah, right. Some, some kind of uh, like, a, like sheen to their coat or uh, brightness in their eyes or their teeth and gums look good. Like a cold some, nose. Cold nose. Some way to identify a high-ranking member of this particular uh, knowledge. That's a re- that's a really good question. 
that's, that's a, what that's I'm a, interested yeah. in. I understand hierarchical systems is what I'm saying. And in situations where where your Jonathan Price is in a gunny sack, yeah. you can tell, at least no spoilers, right? but you can tell he is the most humbly dressed. And so even there, there's a system in place where you can say, the old guy in the gunny sack is the top dog. Oh, this is, this is the cup of a carpenter. Yeah, exactly, right? He's pitching yeah. his humility. You, as, pull, you pull a Gandhi. You like the, a Gandhi. The, the, the guy in the underwear right over here, he's the head guy. Yeah, over here, they got no soup. Yeah, <laughs> this guy over here, not me, not me. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. Like Gandhi's wearing homespun diapers. He could, he could afford nicer ones. He could afford a lot nicer ones. He could be, have you ever seen that picture of a young Gandhi when he was a lawyer in South Africa? He was, he was incredibly a, handsome. Wearing a three-piece suit with a tall, tall collared shirt. He looks tremendous. He looks like somebody that could work for Chase Bank who got a tan. He looks tremendous. He does look tremendous. He's a very handsome young man. Was, and he, he, a, was he a Hindu, John? He, I mean, as far as we know. Yes. Okay. Let's say yes. Okay. Okay. Let's say yes for the sake of argument. But it could be it really throws a loop when you think you think about the guy in the underwear with the crowds, and then you find out that you know he was he was he was a lawyer. You yeah, know, right? John I mean, not, not that you can't be a lawyer in a diaper. One of my one of the great Morrissey songs, but uh, but but still, it's it's very it's very interesting. See, so pictures him in what twenties, the teens, the twenties. He's 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 all decked out in in Western wear. Western wear. I mean, not like John Travolta, but. Yeah, Western. Hmm. Yeah, Western wear. Yeah, he's got the lariat. He's got, Mickey, he's got a Mickey's. But my 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 feeling is that you've got to be able to look at a, a cleric and recognize some quality in them. Like David Koresh had the darkest sunglasses. Oh, Jim Jones, dark sunglasses. Also dark sunglasses. Yeah, so he, he had a big chair. Didn't he have a big wicker chair he liked to sit in? Jim Jones had a big chair. I don't think David... Uh, there wasn't room in the in David Koresh's compound for a big chair. Mm. But he did have like a virgin deflowering bed. Okay. Something to, to communicate to everybody that he's the big wheel. Okay. Okay. And so that's where, that's where I get lost. Like, like <sighs> I walk around. I walk around with a kind of um, tempo. Hmm. Where you under? That's right. It's all about tempo. Tempo in, in my religion. It's not even a meter. It's a. It's a tempo. You've got a. You've got a. You got a groove. Yeah. If you see me walking around, you'll notice that I have a uh, that I have a tempo which communicates that I am the leader of my cult. That's true. And you would be able to pick me out of a crowd. You got forty people walking around in a big circle. Let's say. Right. Oh, right? I see what you're saying. And you'd say you'd look around and you'd be like, it's just a bunch of undifferentiated people walking in a circle. Right, but, but then, then that's not actually the case. That's right. Then you would say, "There's one person that's got a little bit different tempo." I felt that way about Robert De Niro walking around in the EMT uniform in Heat right before he steals the ambulance. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking, you know what? You totally know that's fucking Robert De Niro. Yeah, you're not going to mistake that guy for just an ambulance driver. No, he's he's not a he's he's at least a paramedic. This is the thing about movies that's fake. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's like Quidditch. You get people to come in there and pretend that they're somebody else. Yeah. I think there's a lot there's a lot of similarities. Because here's the other thing though. This is I think this is true in the wizarding world. I'm almost positive this is true in the science religion from the fifties. Here's the thing. And and I'm wondering now, I have to tell you as I sit here today, I'm wondering if this is true of all religions, wizarding or otherwise. 
you get a certain idea about what this thing is. You go to vacation Bible school. You make things with popsicle sticks. They pour water on your head. You get to drink some wine. Five, 10, 15 years go by. You're just moving up a a uh a you know just a little curve you're learning more but you're deepening your knowledge you're deepening your knowledge of well-known topics the thing is as far as i know in christianity there's not a day when they say okay let's say what's really going on here right you don't reach a certain level where you've tied enough you get behind the curtain you become a six or a seven in jesus and you move up and they say no 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 this is actually you know actually it's all about lizard people well, we don't know though. We don't know because I've never been there. I, when you're when you go into the cathedral in Sevilla, uh, and they come out from behind the gold tower, uh, which all the big churches have, right? Okay. They're going to have a gold tower, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, the priests don't come walking down the aisle like they're getting married. They float. Uh, no, they don't, and they're not coming up on a dumb waiter. <laughs> they're coming out. They're coming out from behind the gold tower. You don't know what's back there. It could Hello. be a, it could be a jello. It could be a giant book that says it's all about the lizard people. Uh, right, right, right. It's like when somebody gets when somebody you gets keep that tapped, locked in the gift shrunk, right? You don't. Not, this is dangerous information. Not everybody can know about this. It's why the the election for U.S. president happens on November third, mm-hmm. but they don't swear him in until January fifteenth or whatever. Because huh. that's the amount of time. I figure they're they, just getting porn off their drives. No, 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 no. They're taking them to Area Fifty One. Oh, I they're see. taking them forty stories down into the into the underground caverns, and they're introducing them to uh, Gleep Glop, and, <laughs> and they're saying, "All right, now you're the president. You got to know Gleep Glop." And Gleep Glop's like, and the president's like, "Shit." People can't know about this, and the, all the generals with the braid on their hats are like, "That's right." <laughs> yep. But what and, if what if Gleep Glop is just the cover story? Like, what if the Area Fifty One is that what it's mm-hmm, called? That's right. Like, what if that is the plausible cover story for something that's actually <laughs> that's what, much more fucked up? That's what I'm saying. It's Gleep Glops all the way down. You you go and you meet Gleep Glop, and they go, "You know what? Now you're an OT one. Welcome. Exactly. Hold, hold, hold these soup cans." Because exactly. it's about that, to get really fucking weird. That's how it happens all the time. The first Rolling Stone you meet is Bill Wyman. <laughs> and you're like, shit. That's from that book, The Five Rolling Stones You Meet in Heaven. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm just, I'm meeting a Rolling Stone. Holy shit. You fall on the ground. You're like, whoa. It's like landing a skateboard trick. You say, you say to your friends, holy shit, guess what? I got to meet one of the Rolling Stones. And you go, holy shit, was it Mick? And they go, no. No. Uh, was it Keith? Uh, no. Was it Charlie? No. No. Was it Roger Waters? No. <laughs> Roger Waters wasn't. <laughs> it was Bill Wyman. I got to meet. Uh, I got to meet some of Rainbow. And then you realize, you go like, oh, Bill- it's Bill Wyman. You go, that's you go. That's pretty cool. That's that's right. Is he still in the band? No. no Bill no. Wyman hasn't been in the band since the '90s. No, he's not in the band anymore. But that's that's cool. You got to meet him. Yeah, that's 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 nice. Bill Wyman's gonna make the '90s look like the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. You meet I got Gleep to meet Pop. Rayman Zarek's left hand. Yeah. All right. That's the bass player of the band. <laughs> You you meet Cleep Clop, you're 40 stories under the desert. Hello. And you're like, shit, I'm the president of the United States. You're just sitting there sipping sun tea, watching his stories on TV. Yeah, but Cleep Clop's, Cleep Clop's got a teleprompter inside of his heads-up display, inside of his giant eyeball. There's a little feedback on the mic. And he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting a, I'm getting a message from the big transmitter in the sky, but it, really, it's three guys in a room on the 43rd floor. Right. They're like, Gleep Club, here's a telepresident. Oh, okay. 
right? Right, right, right. Everything you had guessed was true. <laughs> I'm the only one of my kind. I totally came here in the 50s. Bleep clop. <laughs> Bleep clop. And Because uh, they wouldn't the, tell him until he's ready, right? This is the whole right. basis of the system. But what if there's a system inside the system? What if there's a wizarding world inside of the... What if there's an imam calling from inside the imam? And what if Gleepclop Gleep Gleep is just the tip of the UFO iceberg? He has to be, right? Because somewhere... I mean, Gleepclop's the one they dropped off, right? <laughs> right. They don't drop off the, the he captain. Could be, he could be the Zeppo. Of his planet. <laughs> exactly right. And they might have, frankly, they might have been like, we got to get Gleepclop off of this ship. Uh, pull over. <laughs> Hang on. Don't take off yet. Gleepclop's not here. And they're like, zoom. We got to do a little bit of a, do a pull, pull a Martian on him, right? Just leave him behind. Let, let, him, let him figure out how to grow stuff inside the spaceship. This is the thing about space Mussolini. He makes the ships run on time. That's so true. And if Gleepclop's mm. not back from butterfly collecting... <laughs> All of a sudden, he's 40 stories down under Area 51 running the U.S. government. I was picking dandelions. <laughs> oh, God, Gleepglop. Right? So is, is, he an, is he an eldritch figure? Do you, do you think, is he, is he, uh, is he, is he a terrifying, uh, like, like old gods kind of otherworldly character, or is he kind of cute, do you think? This is the thing about Graves. Is he just a gaseous, is he a gaseous form where they got to put like Groucho glasses on him to even like think he has a face? No, I think he's a gray mm-hmm. uh, because there's just too much evidence that the grays are real. Right? Yeah. Everybody, everybody sees the same gray, except mm. sometimes they're skinny and sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're cute and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they, <laughs> they appear in, uh, underneath the bed and sometimes they're, they don't. Right? Sometimes they come, they come walking down a big, Platform. But there's a consistency. You could do. You could make a little kid's animation flip book out of your notebook with yeah. all random different pictures of Gleepglops from history, and then right. it would pretty much look like a little cartoon. Uh, sometimes they're very tall. They're, they're usually that, narrow. They got the big eyes. Big eyes. Big mm-hmm. heads. Yeah. Spindly yeah. bodies. Sometimes they're holding hands. Sounds kind of like Gwyneth the, Paltrow. I don't think they have any home improvement blogs. They got a blog. They're gonna they're gonna tell you about uh, different different teas that you can get. It's not surprising to me that there's UFO cults. That that actually makes a lot of sense. It's the chemtrails cults that are the that are the ones that make sense, Merlin. Yeah, I have had I you know, I got called by a good friend the other day. This guy I've known for years. He called me a chemtrails denialist. I hadn't even heard the term denialist. I really liked it. But he was like, you're a chemtrails denialist. And I was like, you're a smart guy. Are you telling me that you're a chemtrails uh, affirmatist? Yeah, right. And he like, was what's, like, the, what's the upshot of that? He was like, there's just too much evidence that they're chemming us. And I said, there is zero evidence they're chemming us. <sighs> it's a lot like Twitter. This is the thing. This it's a lot the- like Twitter. I mean, we're basically, somebody keeps saying the same incorrect thing over and over and eventually it seems true or at least plausible or at least reportable because the same dinglings keep saying the same thing over and over. So now that's a story. Like, like for instance, that Twitter is worth $2 billion or whatever. Or is that what you're talking about? Was it make it a duo corn? <laughs> no, I think Twitter is worth more than that. Isn't is it? Twitter worth uh, like $72 billion? D- $72 billion. D- that's, that was my, that, I think that was the last valuation. It seems like a high valuation, John. Did you, see, did you see what just happened to Amazon.com? No, what happened to Amazon.com? Uh, they came out with some earnings report that's just as fake as the old earnings report, but all of a sudden, in one day, the value of the company jumped $35 billion. My friend has a theory about Amazon that I think is very interesting. Because, you know, they never have big profits. My friend has a theory 
that they, or, a, you know, just a, a funny guess, that Amazon comes up with whatever number they want to report for, I guess, profits, square against the revenue, and they spend everything except that amount so that they have some amount that they can say that they, uh, that they made. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a statistician, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, they got to show some money, but they don't want to show too much. They want to keep that steady trickle going, but they got to show something. Well, see, I'm not sure what being an esthetician has to do with it, but Is that I, where you pop people's zits in a spa? Oh, you pop people's zits and they put it on the internet and people watch that shit. Is that like ASMR? They, it is. People, people sit and watch zit popping videos for hours at a time. I can see that. I mean, I, say, I wouldn't actually see it. That's horrifying, but I can see why that would appeal to people. No, I think they, and they say things like, I just had a really hard day at work and I want to come home and just relax. Watch some zits. Watch some zit popping. Huh. But, but my, so this is the thing. If you go back and I, I don't know why, but I've been saying, here's the thing a lot more lately. Hmm. And, and I feel like that's, that was our original way of talking to each other. But then that, uh, then that guy from 30 Rock took it. Now I can't. Now I can't even say it. Without I don't think he's like heavily I'm... involved in that show. Oh really? He no. just shows up and reads the reads the script. Well, you know, we we should save that for another day. But I, I think there's a kind of podcast where somebody famous just sort of shows up. Oh, sort, I see. So, sort of like you do. Yeah. Well, uh, the Amazon earnings report feels to me exactly like the "What if I went back in time but still had my smartphone?" Uh, daydream. Oh, where, where you're like, look, if I start betting on penny stocks because I'm Googling through through the time hole, I'm able to use Google and I'm able to say it's uh, January 3rd of 1954. What was the best performing penny stock? On yeah, you're, you're Biff, you're Biff with the sports almanac. You're Biff with the sports almanac. Kind of kind of right. But you don't want to you don't want to give away the the whole game. Right. If you're if you just. If you're the stock guy that's never wrong, part of being a hustler is losing a lot at first. That's right. You got to lose. And you got to you got to periodically lose big. Mhm. So that everybody's like, "Well, he's not that smart." Mhm. But then little by little you're 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 actually winning big. But sort so, of the opposite of being a tech analyst where you guess a couple things right at first and then you're just wrong for 20 years. Yeah, or like Nate Silver. Oh. Where, where you where he's, he's, oh. He's, no, okay, all right, I'm sorry, he's, I won't he's, talk he's, shit You know, he's, he's explained why he got things wrong when he got it wrong. That's true. I don't believe that he's dishonest. I believe that he's very honest. It helps honest. to know that his interest in this stuff started with playing lots of online poker. If you start your career playing online poker, I'm going to trust you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust you intrinsically. Because you stopped. Because, and it's a gentleman's game. That's true. But but right, <laughs> no so, dicks in that business. So I feel like Amazon is doing exactly what you say, which is like we are we're making so much money home delivering toilet paper that we have to we have to gin up some numbers to throw people off the scent to look like we're flopping because oh, one day we're they're, gonna they're sandbagging they're sandbagging one day we're gonna do an an earnings report that's like a corrective where all of a sudden. Our company is worth 35 billion more magic uh, chits, magic uh, earth monies. Yes. 35 billion of them more one day to account for the 20 years we've been telling you that we've been making no money uh, delivering toilet paper or, you know, or, or ruining the publishing business. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate to start talking about Amazon in this town because they're, they're the de facto... Uh, uh, government here now. Hmm. 
If you walk around and you see somebody with a top knot and you say something bad about Amazon, there's as much oppor- there's as much chance that they're going to have you dragged into the bushes and sh- oh. and and shown not Gleep Glop, uh-huh. but shown some because they've never seen Gleep Glop either, but shown something, some like what what's going to happen is that all of a sudden when you go on Amazon it's going to say just because you liked this dildo yeah. here's a list of 40 dildos and you're like I didn't like a dildo why are you doing this to me stop hitting yourself <laughs> exactly <laughs> and uh, you know and you're trying to show you're trying to show your kid or your or your lady friend something that you want to get on Amazon for Christmas and on dildos, the side all dildos. it's just dildos all the way down yeah and yeah. you're like shit no 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 why are you doing this and somebody at Amazon some some top top not at Amazon's like yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm surprised what? they even acknowledge you. How, how are things going with it? In fact, I don't want to derail you, but we yeah. still have a lot more to discuss about Hogwarts. But by the way, today is the uh, the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. So, oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Usually, yeah, on a lot, on, of, lot, a lot of good people were lost that day. What is? Oh, it's May second, so there are, there won't be any riots in Seattle <laughs> on May second. Uh, but what were you going to ask? How is my? Oh, how are things going with the uh, the wet tea people? Uh, the wet tea. Oh, oh. Uh, is there any, any, I guess I'm asking, is there any, is there any change? Have you had any breakthroughs? So the, about a week ago, I got off the elevator and the entire hallway was filled with what appeared to be children. <laughs> okay. And then as I got closer to them, I realized that they were, let's call them teens. And then I was intermingled. Then I was amongst them. They are clogging the hallway and in the style of teens, they have no, no awareness of anyone but themselves. Yeah. So they're not like, clear a path for this dinosaur who's strolling through our midst. They're just like all milling around in the hallway. And I'm trying to wend. Now I'm wending. Uh. And as I'm wending, I realize, oh, maybe these aren't teens. Maybe I've become that person who no longer can distinguish oh, a You can't tell. You can't tell now. You get, as you get good at telling the age of somebody below 11, yeah. you get really bad at anybody who's between, let's say, 18 and 40. So I look at a kid. You're absolutely right. I look at a kid now, and I'm like, you're four and three quarters, aren't you? I can, yeah. You can, you, you're like somebody at a carnival. You, you know what age that kid is. Yeah. And, but you're inhibited in saying to that child's parent, although you desperately want to show off this skill, your kid's four and three quarters, isn't it? Yeah. But you don't say that to the parent because Mm-mm. if you are wrong, oh boy, it is the kind of wrong you don't want to be. Yeah. If the kid is three and you're saying four and three quarters, there's an implication that your child is freakishly big or, I mean, you know, you want to think that that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, your kid seems to be a year and a half older. In my older. experience, including, you know, just, just being me, I can find a way to turn anything into an insult. <laughs> Right. You're like, is your kid four and three quarters? And so they're like, he's, fat? he's seven. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. He's really cute for his age. He seems to be developing nicely for an undernourished homunculus. <laughs> but but so I'm walking through this crowd. And I'm like, are these kids 24? Are they 16? I can't tell the difference. They're here. It seems like without a chaperone. So I, I don't think they're 16. But I don't know about modern teens. Maybe they're all wandering around in groups of 40 now. Well, they're like the Dutch. They've all gotten so big. Yeah, you know? right. But but I but looking at their faces, I'm like, ah. so they're here. They're they're coming out of the tea place, and they're milling around in my hallway, and you know, and there's a part of me that wants to sh- like say, hey, wise up. First of all, get out of my way. Second of all, wise yeah. up. Yeah. Get smarter, faster. 
but and then they all they all start to no one says, okay, everybody, come on. But they all start to move as a as a as a pack, all still chatting to one another, but they're moving and they're moving in the same direction that I'm moving. So I was wending. But they have they have it sounds like it's hard to believe I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's hard to believe they're from Seattle because it seems like one of the basic skills would be like making your way around a city and not running into people and getting out of people's way. I have no idea where they're from. That's the other thing. They could they could be from Idaho. Oh. They could be I uh, know they're not from Idaho. I would recognize Idaho's. Idaho's, mm -hmm. but they could be from California. They could be the advance wave of a teen invasion. Yeah, and so I'm wending. All of a sudden, they are moving. Now we're moving in a pack. We're all. I'm moving slightly faster, right? So I'm moving through. Again, you're going to see if you're looking at this from on high. If you're Gleep Clop looking into your uh, looking into your monitor, you're going to see that I have a tempo that's different from the tempo of this of this slow moving gas cloud but i can't now i can't escape being in this group because they're they've expanded to take up the entire space oh they're like a gill net like a moving net yeah so i'm in, i'm the you know i'm the halibut yeah trying to get back to the mud and they are like ooh, and you're just i'm like traveling along at the same speed as the net trying to avoid either the front or the back of it god come and, on guys make a hole and then that's right, make a hole. And then eventually they turn to go into the, they turn to go down the stairs. And I manage to wend in such a way that I don't touch anyone and get like Oxy 10 on me or Oxycontin on me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm out. But I'm like, what is going on in that tea place? I, I really feel like, I feel like it's not what it appears to be and it's not even the secondary level of what it appears see i i when you when, whenever we did record that episode a few weeks ago my feeling was that somebody some of our listeners said oh is it something was it kombucha there are people who had tea suggestions nope. that, that made sense nope. i honestly thought that by this week by this recording it would have become clear that this was some kind of a normal and knowable thing nope no nope. not at all i when i when i look in the door there are bins and bins and bins upon bins of, of, think, wet, of wet tea. I think within those tea, within those bins, there are teas and there are tea flavorings. There are tea additives. Like when I look at pictures of tea growing in the wild in China and other places where tea grows, there's no Lapsang Sushan. There's no orange pico. Like there's just, it just appears to me to be tea or vari variations on tea. And then you've got to be adding the orange, right? And I'm not sure whether the orange is a mist or whether you throw some peels in there. Mm. You, you like what makes the different kinds of tea different from one another? I mean, sure, you're growing different varieties of tea, but not enough. But it's like back to your example of making beer. It isn't like you buy everything in beer except water and add water. Right. That wouldn't be beer. There's no such thing as instant beer, and in this case, even to make instant tea, let alone wet tea or dry tea, you have to commingle many items in some kind of hygienic environment. You add in certain flowers that have been aged a certain way. Right. It sounds very artful. If you're making mint tea, if you're making raspberry hibiscus tea, mm. just by its very nature, by by it's it's right there in the name. You're gonna at some point along the way have to have a bin of hibiscus, mm -hmm. and you're gonna sprinkle some hibiscus in there. I don't know why there's not mint hibiscus tea. You could do a little bit of both. Maybe that's what these people are doing. 
And then they're adding water and then they're selling wet tea to people. I I want to go back though to instant beer. Why is there no instant beer? So it seems like NASA probably has this, but they're they're hiding it with Gleep Clop. Sure. I, I bet somewhere there's been some astronaut they really wanted to get up there, except you know, a little bit of a drinker, right? We're, right. Okay. Okay. They said, they're like you- this guy's got the science, but we have to entice him somehow. Okay. Here's your here's your space pen. Here's your tang, and then like- just for you, these packets. When you add space water to it, it makes space beer. And and there and the space beer guy. The so why it hasn't been made? I don't know. It seems to me that could be something they make uh, with your Soda Stream. Like they, all you need is carbonation plus plus beer parts. Yeah. So right. shouldn't you be able to buy beer parts that already have all the performance characteristics and just add soda water to it? So let me get this straight. There's a there is a there's a, within the space program. Mm-hmm. It's a specific set of skills. Like for instance, if you're going to go to Mars and you want a botanist, yeah, right or Let's say, do you remember the movie uh, Russia House? I know the name. Was that Michelle Russia Pfeiffer? House. Michelle Pfeiffer and Sean Connery. Hmm. And at one point, uh, Roy Scheider is running a running an operation. Roy Scheider is like the uh, he's the sort of he's the high and tight top CIA guy. Got it. And then, as every rendition of the cia i'm sorry to use the word rendition but every rendition of the cia in film includes one very flamboyantly either gay or or artistic real eccentric where you're like what is this how this is like the guy from community in the martian right he's he may he may not may not be a gay fella but he's obviously he's very artistic and you exactly and you say there, you're always hearing about how hard it is to get into the CIA, and they do all these background checks on you, and they don't want there to be any kind of funny business. Mm-hmm. But then in this film, there's this like 65 year old guy who used to work for the OSS, who is walking around like Rip Torn, and uh, and you go, how does this make sense? But then again, it perfectly makes sense. So you're saying within the astronaut corps, there's someone like that, except he's more like Foster Brooks, <laughs> but he's got skills that we need in space. Yeah. So I think desperately. He, might, he might be played today by Kurt Russell. Okay. Right. As kind of like a combination. He's a snake Pliskin as a, a, a comic drunk uh-huh, uh-huh. meets uh, some kind of a science boffin, a science boffin. Yeah, like he's a smarty pants, but like he's got a reason to want to make space beer. He, you know? Yeah, right. Well, to sure, keep the bloodline going. It's a long trip. <laughs> to, to allow there to be drunks in space. Why is there. I feel like this is some kind of artisanal thing. Mm-hmm. Something that we should. We, uh, it, I don't think you and I have the power to set loose an army of top knots, but, but there is an army of top knots. Oh, like Death Eaters. Well, here's, here's the thing also. You think about the top knots. What's a top knot love? A top knot loves anything artisanal mm-hmm. and, and small batch. What else do they love? They love hiking, right? They love okay. going out and being able to hike. But the thing is, are you going to carry a couple half racks on top of your top knot? No. It's going to be hard, and you got to take out what you, what you bring in. What if we give you artisanal instant beer? So sure. when you go on wherever you go, when you walk around in the, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, you could make... Uh, instant beer that's not heavy nor environmentally impactful. One thing a top, one thing a hiking top knot likes about hiking is they love to drink river water. Mm-hmm. 
right? This is a thing that people don't know about top knots because in a lot of places, I, I never knew that. I feel like I'm getting an education right now. Well, this is the this is the gleep clop thing, right? This yeah. is the gleep clop is not. He's not the head gleep clop. He's just the he's the butterfly collector. Yeah, the top knots that you're meeting, like out in the town, are are just the they're the uh, they're the Mike Millses of oh. top knot culture. I get you. The, the real ones are they're like the, the no, I mean the stormtroopers, right? They're they're There's, not the head guy. They're not making it, uh, administrative executive decisions in the top notch uh, hierarchy. Those guys are high up, high high up in the mountains, drinking river water. Mm. And ignoring and, each other, they don't even give a nod, and, the, and they don't give a nod. And the thing, because they're all, you mean, they don't have to nod at each other, right? Mm -hmm. They're like they're like uh, Eskimos. They don't need to talk. They're a lot like cardinals. John. They're a lot like cardinals. But they're, they're the cardinals of top. Cardinals knots. of top knots, yeah. And they're up there, and they don't get Giardia because they're putting instant beer in their river water. Instant beer. Oh, I see what you're saying. So this is a little bit like you come over on the Mayflower, you bring some uh, hardtack and Johnny Cake, and you got some casks full of beer. Even the kids are drinking beer because that doesn't have uh, Giancarlo in it. What's it, it doesn't called? Have, yeah, right. It doesn't have uh, Giancarlo. Right. Okay. Giard Giardia, uh, yeah, which is also a brand of gluten-free spaghetti. Mm. But my, it, uh? my, my, yeah, my suspicion is that it's like sourdough. Right. Uh -huh. And 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 I bet you, I swear to God, I bet you right now there are some top knots somewhere with making some kind of art artisanal sourdough because sourdough was the original artisanal <sighs> thing. When, oh. I, when I was a kid in the seventies, yeah. all the top knots of the day were we're talking about sourdough. We're making sourdough. This sure. had their own little pile of sourdough that was get your own starter. It's all got Napoleon in it. Yeah, they were their sourdough was rotting on the kitchen counter, just like you know every house you went to in Anchorage in '75 had a little pile of sourdough somewhere getting hot. Mm. And I don't know. I I haven't heard about any of these sort of uh, olives and anchovies people also pursuing sourdough, but it's got to be next on the chain. If, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, not only is this a lot like the Roman Catholic Church or uh, the Wizarding World, uh, you know, the, via Hogwarts, it, it's also, it's got a business model, but we can't see it. It's got a gleep glop business model. Yeah. There's something much deeper than just a bunch of wet tea in an artist in caustic painting warehouse. You're saying this could go a lot. This could, this is the gleep glop to Area 51. What I want to know, like, I had a tweet up the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? You are in San Francisco. You had a tweet up. I had a tweet up. And... Just, just as a just a random random sampling of uh, of our audience, although not completely random, because my tweet up was in the lower hate in San Francisco. So it's a random sampling of our audience that can get to the lower hate in San Francisco. Uh, See, Nate, Nate Silver wouldn't would control for that, right? Right. You can't say this is everybody, right? Because no. in, in I have had a tweet up in Kansas City, and there were a bunch of people that came to that, and they're. They're not well, but but you know what? There are a lot of similarities between those two groups. Hmm. If we were going to activate an army, yes, you and I, if we were going to say, uh, if we were going to Manchurian candidate some situation here, where like army of Roderick on the line listeners rally to my flag, to me, my X Men, we would be, we would be set for life in terms of apps. We would be able to develop any app we wanted. Really? Yeah. We would have hardware and software people across a variety of platforms. We would F be able full, to... full stack podcasting fan. Yeah. They, they do it all. Stem to stern, soup to nuts. We would be able to we would be able to put apps on Android platforms. We would be able to put apps on Microsoft phones. Both of them. Like 
we we could do almost anything within the app sphere. Well, that's a lot of power, John. But we couldn't activate a single top knot. Oh, come on. Now, I didn't see a single one. Everybody had normal hair. Well, I think you've shamed the top knots in the home brewers. The home brewers are very, very sad. Well, you know, the thing about this is I I want to reach out to them. I want to reach out to them. I had this tweet up at the very brew pub that I uh, was teasing in the in the famous brew pub episode. Hmm. So I tried to make it up to them. I tried to I tried to correct the imbalance. I tried to Oh, you, you handed them a hops branch. I tried to take my my uh teasing back and say, "In fact, this is a lovely brew pub. Let's all meet there." I'm not sure how many of our listeners knew that they were in the they were in the titular brew oh, pub. Oh, that is deep catalog. Only Nick's can go to China. Only Roderick could go to the brew pub. You can go started. back to the brew pub and say, actually, isn't this a wonderful place? And everyone mm-hmm. had a lovely time. Nice. But what I'm wondering is who are the Merlin Manns and John Rodericks of Top Knot culture? Who oh. are the people that could say, rally to my flag? <sighs> oh, I, 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 I finally heard the Lumineers. Yes. I was at a wedding, uh, and I was in a car, and they were listening to the Lumineers. Now it's one of those things. It's like uh, Donald Hollister and the word baguettes. Baguettes? What is it when you have a, have a diamond? Remember on, on That Girl, he hears a word for the first time? Baguettes. And, uh, what's that called? What's that syndrome called? Uh, it's when you hear a word for the first time, and you start hearing it everywhere. Oh, it's called the slug bug. Slug bug syndrome, yeah. where now uh, it's, it's, it's Lumineers all the way down. I heard a song exploder on the Lumineers and how they write their songs, and they stomp. Yeah. Now they're every, now, but do you think do you think the Lumineers might be the Roderick on the line of top knots? No, because I feel like the Lumineers are the gleep clop of top knots. <laughs> okay, right? Like oh. they they look like the leaders, but they're not. They're the butterfly. Oh, I get it. Right, and you it. want to go back and you want to say, are Mumford and Sons the the uh, the leaders? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Although they might be the they might be the Chanteuses. Okay, okay. There's somebody up the chain who is. Who is saying? Who's who is making the connections between brass fittings, mm-hmm. between leather uh, leather work, like wallets that are kind of unusable but pretty. Mm-hmm. Like if you go into a store and you're like, "That's a pretty wallet," and then you pick it up and you're like, "Am I going to put this in my pocket?" Not really. Okay. Pocket books and stuff where it's like nobody uses pocket books, uh, right. but they're getting made. And and art art artists, you know, beer and uh, and uh, uh, big trays of food where it's all covered with leaks. Oh, butcher classes, butcher classes. Mm-hmm. Are fixed gear bikes uh, still a thing? Absolutely, fixies are on there. Okay, uh, mustache waxes and all the body waxes, beard oil, except for the vagina waxes. Mm-mm, no, like, this is the thing. Although this is what I don't know: are there artisanal vagina waxes? I would have to think that there are. It's going to be uh, it's going to be locally sourced products. It might not even be wax. It might be instead of bees wax, it could be like bee urine. It could be something that's good for everybody. It's like spider sugar, right? It's good for everybody, and uh, you could go in. But see, I don't know. Now, is it politically incorrect to get a to get a wax if you're an artisanal lady? Oh, see, I don't know about that either. And if you want to get your butthole bleached, they probably don't use bleach. They probably have something else. Something again, something green. Something, sure. something with you know the, it might not be bleach it might it might be like no, uh, it's, it's bee urine Miss, you it already be said it bee urine or Mrs. Myers or something yeah I no I think that from from my understanding everyone even the top knots now are so complete their minds are so completely polluted by porn that no one can even see a pubic hair anymore yeah. one single pubic hair and and it's just like it's like a vomitorium yeah it's a, it's like a scarlet letter but you know near near your uh, lady hole 
unless unless you make it all the way through to the other side where you're like, no, I'm cultivating my body hair. So that's so on the other side of the hole. I think it's on the other side of the hole, right? Because you're cult- you're trying to cultivate everything. Uh huh. If you're taking butcher classes, oh, you're, you're almost you're surely eat every part of the buffalo. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure I'm, you've got a uh, you've got a uh, a bush like a like a, if you go to Home Depot and you walk down the steel wool aisle. Okay. Are you flopping your flippers? I'm flipping my flipper because now I'm thinking of the last episode of season five of Game of Thrones, and I'm thinking of that blind lady having to walk naked down the aisles at Home Depot while people throw things at her. Uh huh. That's right. Whore! People- Whore! <laughs> a poor blonde lady. A poor Spo- blonde lady. Spoiler alert. She had a body double for that. Uh, oh, well, of course. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Game of Thrones has more superfluous breasts than the movie airplane <laughs> okay all right that's a good that now there's your control group finally a control group i meant gratuitous rather than superfluous but both gratuitous and superfluous uh, although you can't really say a breast is superfluous well unless it's like a fifth one uh, right i mean if you got like four that's plenty two's normal sure. three's 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 kind of a you know an oddity Right. Four, you got Remulus and Romul- Romulus. That, that's right. You can raise Roman, Roman twins. Remulus and Romulan. Right. And, but, but five, is that, that, that could be super. Or it could be, you know what? It could be vestigial. I feel like the fifth one's for the runt. Oh, sure. You ever, so, know any, you know, ever know anybody with a vestigial tail? No. I've known people with a, with a sixth toe. Yeah, that's pretty common, especially in Ohio. I, I've known people who have a little bit of a tail. Really? I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. Really? Yeah, you can get a little bit of a tail. It's like uh, your spine keeps going out and it makes a little bit of a tail. What, do you, what does that look like in jeans? I don't know. I think you'd probably have to do a Princess Leia on it, kind of bind it down. It's a thing like, uh, like uh, in gay culture where you'd wear a little, you'd br- a handkerchief. Put, a, put a brown handkerchief in your left pocket. Yeah, you put a little flag on it. You can make a little hole in your jeans for it. If you're walking along and you're looking at somebody's butt and then all of a sudden right above their, right above the butt, uh, middle yeah. part, yes. the butt cleft, the, the butt middle part. Yeah, let's call let's call it the cleft. Okay. Then there's a little thing wiggling in there. I think you're going to differentiate yourself in a busy bar. Are you going to say, "Is that Lemmy Winks, mm-hmm. or well, is that a vestigial tail?" Think about how a monkey or a cat uses their tail. It's for balance. You could be probably one of the most balanced people in the bar, even with a very, very, very modest tail. <sighs> I'm so desperate to be one of the most balanced people in the bar. Mm, join the club. You know. Um. Battle of Hogwarts, picking a doctor. Picking a doctor. Yeah. What's going to happen to us? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I got a lot of problems with online reviews in general. Yeah. And so I still find myself having to consult them. If it's a place I don't know anything about, here's my choices. I can go to their 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 crappy website with all the things that they claim about themselves. Right. I can go to the dumpster fire that is Yelp. Ugh. But, like, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way. And, like, so now back to your thing with the doctor, though. Like, I've done that before. You get a big book. It's almost like the voter, like a, like the book you get in October for the election. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ugh, do I really have to read all of this? You know what I mean? Except yeah. you got to pick a doctor. So what do you do? How do you pick a doctor out of that book? Well, you could go, well, we got cancer in the, in the family, so I should look for somebody who's good at oncology. But right. mostly it's like, it's like, as we used to call it, a Facebook. You're going to go through there and look at the pictures and the names and see who suits you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, how, I, do, you, how do you pick out of a directory like that? So I was, I was uh, somehow through an through a internet wormhole, I ended up uh, back in Anchorage, Alaska, 
on the internet now. And this is a thing that I seldom do, right? You don't look at Anchorage through the internet, partly because the internet is insufficient to describe Anchorage. Anchorage was late adopter of the internet, just as it was a late adopter of everything. Mm. But then, like, a, like, a, like a cold brigadoon. Like a cold brigadoon. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm on the internet. I'm looking at, I've followed a, uh, a monkey path. Yep. To a picture of a hotel, an abandoned hotel on Northern Lights Boulevard that was once the Ramada Inn, was once called the Northern Lights Hotel. It is a hotel that I remember quite well. It's the hotel in which I saw the first episode of Buck Rogers in the 21st century. Wow. Beady, beady, beady. Yeah, back in 1980 or whatever. Yeah, sure. 7980, yeah. When I... When I started to reflect on, you can we remember the room where you discovered Aaron Gray. Yeah, that's oh, right, brother. And I'm so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, now wait a minute, I lived in this town. Why was I in a room in the Ramada Inn watching Buck Rogers in the 21st century? And then I remembered my dad had some, and I I, I remember these little moments all the time. Now he had some meeting that he had to go to at this Ramada Inn and got a room in which he parked me in front of the television, in front of Buck Rogers in the 21st century, while he had his meeting. You were by yourself in a hotel room at the age of 10? Eh, 10 or 12. Whoa. Watching. I was 12. You were probably like 10 or 11. Well, and this used to happen to me all the time. I was in hotel rooms my whole life by you myself. You and your sister. You, you throw, uh, you find things to throw. To find things to throw out the window. Light, light paper ice, airplanes on fire and throw ice out the window until somebody down, somebody down on the sidewalk went in and said, there's some kids upstairs throwing ice cubes out the window. And then there'd be a knock on the <laughs> hotel room door and we would be like, shh. And we'd duck under the bed until the knocking went away. But I, so I was, I'm very comfortable in a hotel room by myself, even at a, even when I was seven years old, because my dad always had these mysterious meetings and I'm wondering whether he, I think he was just having affairs. I think he was oh. meeting some woman in the, in the hotel bar and he was like, I'm going to, you know, a, a hotel room at the time was probably 30 bucks. He's like, I'm just going to put 30 bucks, put the kid in them. That's pretty smart. Right. Put him up in the hotel room, turn on the television. He's not going anywhere. What, what could be better? A- what could be better? Right? I mean, bad. you're like, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go, oh, I would really rather go somewhere and find homework. You're going to yeah. sit, you're going to be in a hotel room watching TV. Like, there's no reason for you to want to leave. Your dad could be going and have his quote unquote meeting, you know, on the next floor. Yeah. Everything's right. good. I, it could be in the next room, as far as I know. But, the, you know, in a hotel room, what do you do? You go out of the room, you go down to the ice machine. Go this the is ice before key, key cards. Yep. So you just leave the door unlocked. You get, those, uh, you get those keys where the, where the keychain is like a big diamond. Oh, Remember those? I, I still have a couple of those. I have one from oh. the Fantasy Inn in, uh, outside of Miami, a motel room that had uh, like plastic on the sheets. And when you turn on the television, the, it only has porn on the mm. channels. I was like, what am I doing here? Oh, of course. It's called the Fantasy Inn. What was I thinking? Oh, dear. I was just, I was just looking for a room. I was just <laughs> looking for a $50 motel room. And I'm in some place called the Fantasy Inn with like plastic on the bed. So I kept this before, the key. This is for a kayak. I was, I was so furious. I was like, I'm keeping this key because at least the key is worth $50. It's actually hanging on the wall in my bathroom. Nice. But so I'm, at, so I'm looking at the, 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 the former Northern Lights Inn on the internet. And I'm like, and the Northern Lights Inn was right across the street from the, what I think was called the Chef or the, sh- it's called the Chef or the Chef's Inn, which was a place, this is a, this is a place this was a steak restaurant where you went, walked in the, in the 
the center of the restaurant was a giant piano that you could eat on. Right, the, there was a piano bar guy that was sitting there tinkling the ivories. Wow! And, but then the piano was made into a giant table, so you sit around the piano. A piano shaped. It wasn't just a piano table. bar; it was like a, a piano uh, bistro. The piano was the bar, Oof. and you would pick your steak that were like raw steaks on a on a big platter, and you'd pick your steak, and then the the guy in the chef's hat would take your the raw steak that you put your finger on, and he'd put it on the broiler and cook it right in front of you. No kidding. This is called the Chef's Inn, or the, the it was the, my, well, it was one of my dad's favorite restaurants. We went there all the time. I would never stop going there. And my the goodness. Guy, the guy sat and played the piano. You sat on the piano bar eating your basically burned on the outside, red on the inside steak. Pittsburgh, right? He loved it. He loved yeah. this place. We went there all the time. Oh, and the the other thing they served uh, was. Uh, like a quarter of a head of lettuce with blue cheese. Oh, on. I love a wedge salad. This is all there was in this place. And somebody's sitting there, what, playing Arthur's theme? And you're just Play, hanging yeah. out and eating. He's like, sing us the song, yeah, the uh, piano. Yeah, except, yeah. except it wasn't garbage. Mm-hmm. He was playing jazz. It was jazz music. Oh, this sounds like heaven. So the Northern Lights Inn was right across the street from the Chef's Inn, or whatever this place was called. God, how can I not remember the name of this restaurant? We went all the time. Anyway, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, God, this is awful that this place is closed. And so I start looking at, I don't know whether it was Yelp or some Anchorage blog. And they said, oh, that hotel really went downhill when Mike Cusack owned it. And I'm like, Mike Cusack? Hmm. Mike Cusack lived five doors down from me when I was growing up. What? He was the dermatologist who had his own Zamboni. He owned his, he's, he's a dermatologist turned hotelier who once owned a Zamboni. So we lived on a lake, <sighs> and when the lake would freeze... Everybody's my, obituary is going to be so much better than mine. Mike Cusack would build a hockey rink on the lake. He had hockey rink walls. And lights on poles. And he would build this hockey rink on a public lake where Don't we all Don't you lived. dare fucking call yourself an entrepreneur until you've done what Mike has done. Mike, Mike the dermatologist built Mike his own hockey rink on the lake. And then he had a fucking mini Zamboni that he would drive around his own hockey rink on a public lake with, like, with a generator running lights. So That's that insane. His kids Don't you could- admire that? Well, it was, I mean, compared to, like, even Elon Musk isn't so flamboyant. You know, like this this guy, and he, and the thing is, all of his daughters were cheerleaders who wore a lot of blue eyeshadow. Sure. And his son, so then I start doing some research on, like, the Cusacks, right? They were my, they were kind of, they weren't my nemeses. I liked them just fine. I went to a party at the Cusacks house where Mike Cusack himself arrived at the party and personally ejected me alone. Oh boy! Because okay. every yeah. everyone else at the party was beautiful, sure. and I was not beautiful. You got bounced, but I was also drunk and obnoxious, and I think I was knocking vases over. And he was like, "You out!" And then everybody—it was like one of those parties in uh, in Sixteen Candles, where or Pretty in Pink, or whatever, where everybody else was beautiful and had a mullet, and I was wearing a trench coat. And he was like, "You're the John Bender." Of this party hit the hit the bricks. Yeah. Anyway, I realized that the hotel had been run into the ground by Mike Cusack Jr., who was only a few years older than me. Oh my. So then I'm online and I'm like Googling Mike Cusack, dermatologist, mm-hmm. and I discover that Bristol Palin worked 
slash works at Mike Cusack's dermatology office. Which what? Which makes perfect sense if you knew Ala- if you know Alaska. So Bristol Palin. It's all very local. You can see Russia from there. That's right. Bristol Palin, uh, supposedly, is working for Mike Cusack. But then there's all this shit, ta- all these shit talking blogs where they're like, Bristol doesn't even work there. It's a, it's like a front. And if you call there and ask for Bristol, they tell you that uh, she works at uh, Doctor Jack Meoff's office. Doctor Doctor Meoff, yeah. Doctor Meoff, Doctor Jack Meoff. Mm-hmm. It's a family name. So I'm, so now I'm fascinated because I know these people. Now you're really down the monkey trail. And then, uh, so I go on Yelp. Dr. Mike Cusack, two stars. Ooh. Which is which means one five star review where the person is, wrote a whole paragraph of like, Mike Cusack is amazing. He's the greatest dermatologist that ever lived. He's a wonderful man, and going there is a great pleasure. And then 41 star reviews of people saying he cut the tip of my nose off. <laughs> uh, he spent the entire he spent the entire time where he was consulting me with headphones on, listening to Sammy Hagar's Red Rocker. <laughs> period, like just terrible, terrible reviews, and and so I'm I'm trying to use Google to find one thing about Mike Cusack basically that I didn't already know, and other than this, other than like forty websites that all give him a two star review, and this story about them running the hotel into the ground. Ah, that's the extent of what I could find online, except I knew one other thing, which was that they tried to make a reality show of the Cusack girls who were like, oh, because Mike Cusack also owned the King Salmon Lodge, which Hmm. was like a different kind of hotel where you go down and fish and hunt. And this reality show was these girls who were very beautiful and very uh you know they were they were like made up right they it's were like an alaska version of petticoat junction yeah they had they had big hair they had they had lots of eyeshadow on they were like they, by alaska standards they were the most beautiful girls <laughs> was it called the the, the alaska eights <laughs> it was something like that where they were where the premise was that these girls who looked sort of like uh dallas cowboy cheerleaders also had hunting and fishing skills aplenty. Okay. So they okay. were they were out in their uh, their Le Bouton shoes. So it's it's kind of like it's like uh, the Kardashians, but for the Sarah Palin set. Yeah, exactly. Right. They were they were they were Sarah Palin's in a way. Like they were they were foxy, uh, and they could also clean and dress a deer. Mm-hmm. And so I s- actually saw an episode of this. It never, I don't ever think it got picked up, but they made an episode and somebody that I went to high school was like, you got to see this and sent me it. I don't even know how they got it, but they were like, you got to see this. And it's all these people that I know from that lived on my block. Uh, I went to junior high with them. I was even in a class with Mike Cusack. He was a senior and I was a sophomore or something, but, but uh, I'm watching this show and I'm like, this is incredible. I don't know why this didn't get picked up. This is so much better. This is the this is the housewives of of Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. The housewives of King Salmon, Alaska. Uh, but it didn't. <laughs> I don't think that ever took root. I mean, that's a they're a that's a fascinating clan. And like you say, when the obituary is written, yep. Well, I mean, what's the what's the lead on that one? In in Anchorage, I don't think you get. 
a top of the fold obituary unless you were unless you were shot at by somebody who was trying to like steal your business mm-hmm. or unless you had your own zamboni i googled mini zambonis and oh boy, God. I don't have any reason to have one, but boy, that sure would be fun. Send me a link. Send me a link to oh Mini Zamboni. God. That's not a thing I ever would have thought to Google. Ugh. I mean, who would? Yeah. I sit and look at, at, at ocean-going tugboats all the time on, on Google, but I'm not gonna, I wouldn't have thought Mini Zamboni. Well, a lot of these are jokey. So you got like Lego. Uh, oh, oh, I got, but I mean, you can buy a, 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 a small Zamboni, I think. Yeah, or a Zamboni kit for your tractor. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, sort of homemade ones here. Oh, but some of them are like, they're like looking across between like a rascal and uh, like a VW Beetle. <laughs> Is it a VW Beetle? Could you, let me put it this way. Could you put a Rolls-Royce grill on a mini Zamboni? <laughs> I love that look. Those kit cars people used to do. Oh, my God. Why doesn't anybody, that's a thing that a hipster should have. What <laughs> Whatever happened to those? They used make to be on the VW, road everywhere. Right. For like $800, you could make your VW Bug kind of look like a Rolls Royce. Yeah, that is such a fabulous furry freak brothers move, right? What kind of car would would uh, Fat Freddy drive around in if not a Volkswagen Bug with a Rolls Royce grill? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm, I, I'm, you know, there was a reason Fat Freddy's cat hung out with Fat Freddy, and it wasn't... Well, it was because Fat Freddy fed him, but also because Fat Freddy had a little class. Hmm. Uh, am, I, am I now off into some... You're a little bit out of my depth on the <laughs> Fabulous Freak Brothers, yeah. but uh, did you ever uh, have any re- resolution on uh, getting your charms blessed in Dubai? Not Dubai, Abu Dhabi? <sighs> I, didn't, I, I, didn't have the, I didn't have the chutzpah to walk up to an imam and say, yeah, will you uh, like rub my talisman? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to offend. It seems like tourism a little bit. Well, yeah, but it, it, but it all would be for me, right? I mean, I would like to collect a charm bracelet where uh, where every charm had oh. been rubbed by a top shelf leader of a different religious a cardinal uh, a cardinal level leader in that in that group. Right. So let's say uh, let's say a Greek Orthodox patriarch. Uh-huh. A uh, like a Lubavitcher uh, uh, rabbi, a uh, a cardinal, a like. What about a, t- what about a chemtrail person? I don't know. That's probably a pretty flat organization. I feel like the top the top activators of chemtrail stuff are are like talk radio hosts. <laughs> there's there's nobody there's nobody higher up the chain than than one of those guys in from like Winnemucca, Nevada, who run a who run like a talk radio empire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that where they're, if they're not talking about mud people, they're talking about, they're talking about chemtrails. But you're also, you're decreasing your risk in terms of spiritual investment. You know what I mean? You're diversifying mm-hmm. your charm portfolio. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 Well, right? and it's not a thing that I would wear. I'm not going to wear a charm bracelet, but I'm talking about giving these things to my daughter to ward off evil spirits. Like, like, uh, like everybody who goes to Turkey Comes back with one of those ward off evil eye, uh, like sun, sun talismans that hangs in your window on a sunny day. Okay, okay. You know the the ward off evil eye things? No, I'll find it though. Well, they they you know they're like a blue, like a single blue eyeball. Oh sure, look at that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. 
you bring people bring those back from Turkey because that's what Turkey is trying to sell you. Right? You get there and you're walking around and you're like, I want a souvenir from Turkey. It's like coming back from Hawaii with a lay. It's like coming back from but the thing is a lay will die, whereas an evil eye warder offer never will. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like you could come back with a with a like a miniature, like a snow globe with the mosque from Idirne mm-hmm. in it. But you're not gonna do that. You're gonna come back with one of these evil eye um charms. Because I don't know where I, they might be selling them in the airport. I never went to the airport there. Oh no, that's not true. I've been to the Istanbul airport. I don't remember whether they sold evil eye charms. But you put one of those on a charm bracelet that you give your kid, mm-hmm. and you just you're just. You're, I think you don't even tell them what it's for. No, 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 no. You just say, "Here's some pretty things," and they mm-hmm. wear it, and you're you're hedging your bets. And if their life goes better, you know, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. You get him a Hakuna Matata uh, badge, right? Ahawale, wahala, wahale. Mazel tov. Kim Kardashian wearing an evil eye. Is she? Yeah, I mean, she's had it all. Do you ever think you'll get into a phase where you wear a lot of turquoise jewelry? That seems to be a thing still. Like, not as much. Not as much as it used to be. But, you know, like those old couples holding hands, you get get a guy with long hair and a beard and a lady with long hair and a beard, and they're frequently both wearing turquoise jewelry. I always, I, I always admired people that wore bootcut jeans and turquoise jewelry, mm. but I think you have to have, I think you have to have slim hips. I think that's a slim hip thing. Uh, I got, I got childbearing hips. That's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to wear that. You're not going to wear turquoise jewelry if you don't have slim hips. That's a, yeah, that's a thing for guys with a large mustache area. That's true. That's but true. I, I, for a while there, you know, if you go to, if you go to northern Italy, let's say. Let's say you're 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 walking across the Ponte Vecchio. Sure. And uh, you say, like, there's a lot of jewelry stores here. People have got to be coming here for a reason. Let's take a look. There was there's a kind of ring called I don't know what it is a friendship ring or a I don't think it's about friendship. I think it's about I think it's about command and control. But it's three gold rings. Of different kinds of gold, pink gold, yellow gold, oh. green gold, blue gold. I don't know the other. And is kind it kind of, of it's like a luck cocktail? Well, in order to get the ring on or off your finger, it is it's built in such a way that the rings have to kind of roll over each other. Okay, like they really are three separate rings. Three separate rings that roll that 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 are like intertwined. They're like almost woven together. And as you put them on your finger, they, the rings sort of roll on. And it was explained to me, I guess, that if you then coated the ring with wax or something, that you couldn't get the ring off. Oh. Because it has to roll. I get it. I get and, it. And so it was some kind of like uh, our love is, is bounded or maybe all of that is baloney and it's just a pretty ring. But when I was, when I was there... Uh, uh, the first time in Italy, I was like, I really want one of those. That's very exotic because I think I was on a train with somebody. I was think I was on a train with some Lebanese guy and he was like, check out my ring. Or I saw the ring and I was like, what is that ring? And he's showing it to me and I'm like, wow, I've got to get one of those. And then I'm in Florence and I'm like, that's where you get it. But then of course it's made out of gold and I had uh, like 11 fennings and couldn't afford this thing because they were expensive even then. But I saw a silver one. And so I bought the silver one. 
And I was walking around for a long time thinking, I'm going to be the silver jewelry guy. Oh, not- I like that. I like that. That's, it's not presumptuous. Yeah, right. It's, it's not turquoise. You're not trying to say that, you, that you've, uh, you've been through a vision ceremony of any kind. Yeah. Right? You're never going to live in Taos. But and it's, wearing- not, it's not too on the nose. It's not like you're the guy who collects elephants. Yeah, right, right. Silver exactly. jewelry, uh, that's a big tent uh, hobby. It's a big tent hobby, and you can have big silver jewelry. You can have small silver jewelry. You can have, I mean, not like I'm ever going to wear a pinky ring or even a ring on my first finger, which is the Ugh. ultimate symbol of do not do. <laughs> ring on your fucking pointer finger. I but wish, I was, I wish I could unjudge the people with all the rings. I wish I could, I wish I could make myself not see the rings and not have an opinion about it. But so I had this, I had this little three ring friendship ring mm-hmm. on one of my fingers. And then I had what I tried to do some uh, some second. I went second level of jewelry. I, there, I think a girl gave me a, an onyx on a silver chain, Oof. like a like a like a uh, like a, a crystal, and it was meant to channel my my black bile or something. I don't I don't know what it was meant to do, but a black onyx. Is that like a, buying somebody a mop? Is that one of those things where you're kind of... I think so. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it was. She was like, you have too much chi and you need to, you need to, to, to you need, wean. You need, you need to, to vent your black chi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, need to, you need to cleave some black chi. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. You don't know what it does. Don't worry about it. It's a talisman that's been blessed by the cardinal of, of, uh, of crystals. And put it on and you'll be fine. So I'm wearing this... I'm wearing this uh, black onyx, and I've got my friendship ring, and then, of course, my silver friendship ring, and then, of course, like 15, uh, 15 friendship bracelets that people had tied on my wrist because we were friends, apparently. While you slept? I think so. They, <laughs> you know, they dosed my kombucha, and then I woke up, and I'm covered with all these prayer flags. <laughs> and... I was walking around like that for a long time. I had a soul patch. Oh, and when you when you put you, it all, you were, didn't you? Aren't you a fan of puka shells too? And oh, puka shells, right? I had all of that going on. I never had a mullet because I thought, whoa, bridge you're, too far. You're six like, weeks away from being the turquoise guy. I, <laughs> you're I, so I, close. I think I was. I'm walking. What around, about Marlon like, Brando? Was Marlon Brando a turquoise guy? Mm, I'll bet he was. I could see. I mean, Marlon Brando, Brando was one of those like who knows what's going on with him. Like yeah. maybe he had a he felt thought he felt feelings very deeply. He could have been walking around with a turquoise butt plug in all the time, <laughs> and the rest of us didn't know. But it's like it's like that. It's cleaving his chi. <laughs> what I want. <laughs> um, Marlon Brando turquoise. Mm-hmm.